Well, thank you once again so much for all of those who helped to put our worship service together. For Tom Huber, who was our liturgist this morning, for the choir with that beautiful piece of music, which was written by our very own Gary Brubaker. Also, Gary Brubaker, who puts together all of our music for us, for our praise team, and for Wesley Choir, who offer their, their voices and leadership in music. For Melody Mokros and for our Altar Guild who helped to uh, to decorate our sanctuary and make it beautiful and prepared for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Now, we are here on Easter morning and for the last six weeks we have been talking about who Jesus is because we each have a slightly different picture of that. We've talked about Jesus as friend, as teacher, savior, lord, way, and presence. And this morning, we'll talk about who Jesus is as the resurrected one. Would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. <clears throat> well, early in the morning, as the women of the tomb, uh, women approach the tomb, they find it empty. And they're told that Jesus is alive again. And so they go to tell the disciples um, the news, this good news. And the disciples, they don't believe them. They call it an idle tale. Recently, there was a debate ignited on social media. What if Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead? What would it matter? Would it make a difference to your faith? And um, much like there is often on social media, there were passionate, um, passionate arguments all around. And the truth is, it's actually not a new debate. It goes all the way back to that first morning. Is Jesus alive or not? Is resurrection real or not? Is this an idle tale? Who is Jesus? And really, what does the debate matter? I mean, why are there so many questions? I mean, the truth is there may be some of you this morning wondering those very same things. Is Jesus alive or not? Is resurrection real or not? Is this an idle tale? Who is Jesus? Now, for many of us, we know most of these stories about Jesus by heart. Jesus and the woman at the well offering living water. Jesus and Zacchaeus offering forgiveness and reconciliation. Jesus feeding the 5,000, offering food and community. Jesus calling the disciples, giving second chances and calling people worthy. Jesus at the last supper, supper gave bread and wine to those who would betray him. Jesus is our friend. Jesus is our teacher. Jesus is our savior. Jesus is our Lord. Jesus is the way. Jesus is present. He is king of kings, Lord of lords, prince of peace. He is known by many names. He's known through many experiences. He is the reason we are here this morning. <clears throat> Have you ever had an experience in life where you just can't shake something? 
you know, how maybe you've gotten that, had those conversations where you heard 100 compliments and one criticism. And what's the one thing you remember? There's something about our brains. Our brains, our brains retain negativity. It imprints immediately onto our brains. Now, positivity takes longer to imprint. It takes 15 seconds of savoring for it to imprint. And so what this means is it's actually easier to focus on the negative than anything else. Which brings us to when we talk about death. I mean, everything that was known about death at that time and even now is that it's permanent. It's also unavoidable. It will happen to everyone at some point. We also know what to do with death. We put it in the tomb. We don't talk about it unless we have to. And it's still also one of the things that most people are afraid of. Death is something that impacts us all. Death gets sticky. It sticks to us. And sometimes we get stuck in the stuff of it. It's also easy. Death is easy. Mostly because we know what happens. Maybe not the details or the circumstances, but we know that it happens. <clears throat> That's what makes life harder. We don't know what will happen. We'll have joys and celebrations we never dreamed about. We'll have tragedies and heartbreaks that we never imagined. We'll have questions and worries that can be paralyzing. Life is hard. It is beautiful and brutal. Brutiful. Several years ago, <clears throat> um, I had a, a couple in my congregation who uh, were married for 72 years. Can you imagine that, being married for 72 years? And she and I would have the most incredible and deep and insightful and interesting conversations when I would visit. At times, they were at their home, um, but when she couldn't physically care for her husband, they would spend some time in respite care in a nursing home. She cared for her husband for several years as he struggled with Alzheimer's. <clears throat> and after years of caring for him, he died. 72 years of marriage. A little while after the funeral, her daughters called and said that they were concerned for her after his death. They thought she'd become depressed and even despondent. And they asked me to come and help her to talk into moving in with either them or moving to a retirement community because they were concerned both about her mental and her physical health. And I agreed not to coerce her into anything, but to be there to offer support. And as we talked and her children shared their convincing arguments, she was silent most of the time. And after one of them said, well, mom, what do you think? She cleared her throat <clears> throat> and she spoke. 
And she said, I loved your father with all of my heart. The only one I think I loved more than him was Jesus. And I am jealous that they are together right now. And she paused. <clears throat> she said, when your father started to forget more and more, and I saw I was losing him slowly day by day, we'd wake up in the morning and I would tell him, good morning, I'm your wife. And I'm here to love you today. And sometimes he would smile and hold my hand and sometimes he would just nod. And we would go to bed and I would say, good night. I'm your wife and I'll be here to love you in the morning. Every day I spoke these words. She continued and she said, <clears throat> A few days before he died, he was awake first, and I didn't know where he was. I found him in the kitchen holding an empty cup. And he said, good morning. I am here to love you today, but I can't seem to find the coffee. And she said, I have promised every morning I wake up and every night I go to bed, I am still full of that love. And I will pass that love along as much as I can, as long as I can. Well, we were all pretty much sobbing at that point. And she said, sometimes we all just need to be reminded of who we are and what we're here to do. Good morning. I'm here to love you today. Sometimes we need reminders like that. We need reminders of, of what we believe. Sometimes we need to repeat it over and over and over again. On Easter morning, we say Christ is risen and the response back, he is risen indeed. Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. And it's repeated over and over. And I think it helps to remind us of what happened on Easter morning. And sometimes we need to remember when we get stuck in the stickiness of death. Do I believe in resurrection? Absolutely, I do. I have also denied the resurrection when I failed to love my neighbor as myself, when I have not listened to Jesus' call to follow him, when I have ignored the cries of the suffering, when I've held too tightly to fear and to worry. And the truth is, we have all done those things. And then we're reminded again, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And I affirm the resurrection when I love my neighbor, when I follow Jesus Christ, when I trust in hope. And the truth is, we have all done those things.
Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. When I think of all of the ways that God could save the world, and there are so many, God chose to come to the world in a fragile human body. Jesus came to show us not how to die, but to show us how to live and have life abundantly. I think so many times we're told that there's not enough. There's not enough time. There's not enough money. There's not enough love. There's not enough life. And yet God reminds us that God is not a God of scarcity, but abundance. There is always more than enough. There is life abundant. And Jesus' resurrection announces that not just to us, but to all of creation. I watched a documentary on Netflix recently called Noma. And it was about um, a Nordic restaurant in Copenhagen, Denmark, doing interpretations of traditional Nordic food. It won the title of best restaurant in the world in 2010, 2011, 2012, 2014. You get the drift. And while describing the type of food they cook and the ingredients they use, head chef Rene Ripedzi said, when you eat something, it becomes a part of you. You've heard the expression, you are what you eat. Or maybe you've said so, that to a child. You've eaten so much blank, you're going to turn into blank. You've eaten so many carrots, you're going to turn into a carrot. But what if there's some truth to that? If we become what we eat, if the ingredients we eat become a part of us, what happens when we receive communion? As the United Methodist Church, we don't believe in transubstantiation, that the bread and the juice literally become the body and blood of Christ, like the Catholic Church and other traditions do. But we do believe that something happens to the bread and the juice. It becomes different. It symbolizes to us the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus' real presence is found at the table. What happens when we eat the bread of heaven and drink from the cup of salvation? What happens when we eat the bread of life and drink the cup of grace? What happens when we eat ordinary elements like bread and juice when they've been blessed and infused with the Holy Spirit? If you are what you eat, if we become what we consume, we have become a part of the work of Jesus Christ, making the world a better place here and now and for the future. Affirming the resurrection. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Good morning. I'm here to love you. Don't be afraid to trust hope, even when death is all around. Don't get stuck in the stickiness of death. Don't be afraid to see abundance when everything around you tells you there's not enough. God says there is more than enough. Don't forget to remind yourself. Good morning. I'm here to love you today. Christ the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia. And amen.